You're listening to the Engaging Leader Podcast, and today we're talking about how to build true fans. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. And I'm your co-host, Marty Leahy. Thanks, Jess. Well, today we're going to talk about how to build true fans in your business. Well, the last time we talked, uh, we talked about what true fans are and why you need to build a true fan base in your business. Thank you. 
personally designing it, that place has got to be pretty good. And to be right to start was building these long-term relationships. And you kind of have kind of found that a similar priority in your restaurant yeah, I think it's it's been uh, perhaps our primary model for uh, growing and growing customer base and retaining customer base. Um, we've always, from the very beginning, uh, put a lot of effort into belonging to different networks, sometimes uh, formal network, network networking groups, but also just being at events, charity events and other things, representing our business and reaching out to meet people. And, you know, uh, when you cross the same person's path, you know, three or four different times, sometimes for different reasons, it, you, you begin to solidify that kind of connection. One of the things that makes the You know, another thing too here is that it's kind of the concept of um, creating a monopoly uh, of yourself, of your business, so that y- you create a, a relationship and a product or service experience that goes along with it that nobody else can do. And once somebody becomes a, a true fan of what it is that your brand represents, I mean, you have a monopoly on that, you know, and it's it's pretty exciting. You know, monopoly is sort of a kind of like a negative word, but it, the concept of monopoly is is that you have, basically you have the ability to earn excess profits because you have a unique product, you know, that has a limited supply and maybe a uh, unlimited demand. And once you've achieved that and you, and, and, and you have something that's so unique it can't be duplicated, and let's face it, you as a person are unique and can't be duplicated. And if you can have a brand that's unique and not easily duplicated, you have the chance to create a very successful and profitable business. Thank you. 
number one, what do you have a thousand group band? It's, um, it, it can get hard to talk very often with all 1,000 of them. But if they are talking to themselves, you've got a base, you've got interactions happening that isn't all based on you. It's like having a party, and you can do two kinds of parties. One is you can invite all your wide variety of friends from different circles and bring them together, and the only one that they have, they have in common is you. So you've got to have all these different, you've got to host the whole thing and make everything happen. Or the kind of party where there's a, there's a commonality among the people coming to your party, and they're having a good time whether you're involved in every conversation or not. And that's that you want to build community so that it, it, it's not just all about you. And that the second reason is because people get feel like they're more of a tribe. It's not just you and them. It's part of my identity. We're kind of in this together, and there's a lot more power behind that. It's like at the restaurant, Dad, when you have... I guess I can sit, you can see the power of the first key when you have customers that go to your restaurant and at a moment when you happen to not be there and they're disappointed because they didn't get to interact with you personally, the owner of the restaurant. There's something special about going to the restaurant and actually, yeah, and there's Marty and looking and chatting with you a little bit. There's a little bit of disappointment if they don't get that. But on the other hand, you have events at the, at the restaurant, like uh, a wine dinner, and a big part of the magic is the interaction that these fellow people have, because not only are they all fans of Manhattan, but in particular, they're fans of these wine dinners that you have. They're all, you know, wine stops, if you will, and they get a really big kick out of the wines and how it's paired with the food, and they can yeah, and you can see that in other areas of the, of the restaurant, particularly you know people around the bar and the regulars, and they can come in and they see someone that you know their friends that they know and strike conversation up right where it left off. But also the employees, the staff, have a way of of extending that brand as well. Your personal brand, you know, the uh, the owner may not be there, but but the employees, the reg, you know, they've been there for a while. They they have a certain way of conducting business that's an extension of what we always do. And so, you know, people come in and they just feel comfortable. And, and, and you can often see customers table to table that don't really necessarily know each other, but they, they seem to have a bond of some type. Yeah, we talked about in the previous episode how employees can actually become super pants, where if they're both employee and group And we and we talked uh, several podcasts back about how important it was to to have a rather than an I approach to your employees a we approach. And so when your staff feels like you know it, we are working on this together and they're part of everything that we do, and it's not just one person that's 
creating the the uniqueness and the brand that we're talking about that you know they they themselves are part of that it's they get pretty energized and pretty passionate about about what we're offering the customers Before they opened, they were building an online community uh, with their with Facebook and their webpage and also YouTube. And, and where you had their fans were interacting with each other, especially over Facebook, and they were sharing videos of themselves. And then when they got to the, the park, they actually would record videos of themselves, and then they would sit riding in the park. And then that was something that they really, they like enjoyed watching each other's videos. And of course, if you hadn't been to the park in a couple of weeks and then you saw a video of what someone was doing, it just really spurred you to, to get back up there. So it was part of that exciting community. And you have it too at the restaurant. You get people interacting over Facebook, and it's not just informational. Hey, this is happening. There's people see something an event that's going on in the evening, let's say, where you have some uh, uh, some live entertainment. And someone says, hey, this is really great going on here tonight. And the broader community of fans starts to feel like they're participating in that, or, or maybe it reminds them of the point on it. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. I, I see that quite often where someone will, on Facebook, say, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to such and such jazz trio. It's really phenomenal. Why don't you come down? And you see three or four posts on our way. See you in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think uh, it's true. A lot of people uh, saw some of the publicity around it and went out of their way to congratulate us. And uh, and, and you could tell they, they felt like they were part of it, either because they were regular customers or, you know, we're, we're in a, located in a redeveloping part of the city center. And so other uh, merchants, investors, and uh, people that are associated with that, that, that marketplace feel a common sense of pride that, that the area is becoming successful and, and they, they share in the success that we've had in, in a 10-year run. So number two is build community. And then number three is to be remarkable. And again, this is one of the, the thought ideas that came from Seth Godin. And his definition of remarkable is simply be worthy of being remarked about. Be something that is going to make somebody actually comment on. And he said, you know, really, if you are remarkable, then you shouldn't need advertising. If your advertising is a tax that your business pays for not being remarkable. And if you if you're being remarkable, that is gives your true fans something to talk about, but it also creates true fans in the first place. You remember in the last episode we talked about fan killers? And we said the definition of a fan killer is a customer who has a disappointment, um, sorry, a customer who has an expectation that's disappointed. They expected something and you didn't meet that. The This being remarkable 
creates true fans because you, there's an expectation that's actually exceeded. It's a wow factor. That's what the wow comes from the fact that I had one idea and you blew that away. 33 Motorsports Park was talking about the parks coming, the, the, the parks being built. When it opened up, I was there for some of the first racers to come and check it out. Now, they'd heard about this over Facebook and, and so forth. When they actually got there and saw, well, this really is well done. But when they, that was one thing. But when they rode it, it, it blew their expectations away because it wasn't just one of the best parks around. It was a national caliber park in an area of the country where you wouldn't have expected it. And it created truth. They really had something to comment on. Well, you know, there's no question. If you, you see ads out there that say, the best burger in town or prices that can't get beat. But if, if someone tells you, you know what, you want to get a really good burger, you go over to this place or that place. Uh, I was this morning working out with some, some guys uh, in a spin class, and the topic came around about where do you go to buy a bike. And I mentioned a particular bike shop that I thought was, you know, really something, really a great shop. And one of the other guys there who's big-time biker, he says, they, those guys are absolutely the best bike shop in town. And he gave you know, four solid reasons why they far exceed all the others. And you think, man, that's worth so much more than reading an ad that says, we're the best bike shop in town. Obviously, um, one thing Apple has certainly put out there as a com- company that creates a wow factor. Uh, and I shared my story in the last episode about how I had a, a fairly low expectation when I got my iPhone, but it blew my expectations away, and that turned me into a true fan. Another example of a large company that, to me, has, has a, a wow factor is Amazon. If you told me 10 years ago that I would be a true fan of Amazon, I wouldn't have believed you. I, I don't even – I do buy stuff online, but – I don't I hardly ever buy from Amazon. There's nothing special about that. But over time, I started to realize that Amazon was making it so easy for me to do business that it was actually painful to do business other places, whether online or or uh, or brick and mortar. And it's one day I have been noticing that I went ahead and signed up for their Prime, their Amazon Prime membership, and you actually was paying something like $70 a year to belong to that. But, but among other benefits, you get free shipping on anything you buy. And, but I, at that point, I was already buying so much from Amazon that that was worth it. I would easily save $70 a year. Plus, that just made it even easier to do business with them. I never had to worry about what was shipping going to cost. And then when I broke down and I got a, a Kindle, and it made managing what I re- read so much easier, and it was integrated in with my Amazon experience, well, you know what, I was taught, oh, and the other thing I should mention is all that, and I guess on and face value, I would have assumed that they would be more expensive than other places because they do make it so easy, and they have such a selection, and you get your product so quickly and so forth, and I thought, surely they won't be a cost leader. But every time I've comparison shopped, they always end up at least as good as everybody else, but usually they are the, they win on cost, too. So... All those things exceeded my expectation. When you add them up, I just can't believe how much better the experience it is. And there's a wow factor, and that makes me want to remark on it. It's very easy for me to start talking to other people about it and talking them into shopping at Amazon. But it works for local companies, too. We have one uh, here in, in, in your area, Dad, in 
just over in Perrysburg, Ohio, called Mr. Freeze. It's this little ice cream shop. Doesn't seem like that'd be too expensive. It's not even, it's a, a seasonal business. It's not even open year-round. And yet, it is remarkable. First of all, when you go there, they've done a nice job with their branding. I mean, as far as, it's got a, a very pleasant uh, sign in the storefront. It's, it's cute and fun, and you go inside, and the decor is pretty nice, and exciting makes you want to be there. But that's not what makes this place worth going to, and worth standing in line for 45 minutes to an hour, which is what happens. That's how big their demand is. They they have six windows open. Everyone has a super cheerful person behind it. The employees are very helpful and cheerful. And but their I think their big claim to fame is the product is remarkable. Now, first of all, it's oversized portions. You order a small, and it's bigger than what any other ice cream place is going to give you. as a large. They're small. It's bigger than most places large. And two, they have a very wide variety of really fun sundaes that they can make for you. All these specialty kind of sundaes, and they're all you know they're all great. And you can you find you get your favorites. It's almost like a niche topic. I like my wife, for example. I got to go there and get a, the peanut butter cup sundae, and I personally like their turtle sundae. But it's such a wow factor that I have talked a friend into coming with me who lives three and a half hours away. I, I mean, I said, you got to come here and try this place. And he came, and he agreed. It was great, and it was worth this long drive. So you you create this wow experience that that uh, is remarkable. It's worth talking about. It creates true fans, and it gives them something to be an ambassador. Well, I, I certainly have to agree about Mr. Freeze, but I... I sort of avoid the place for the reason that everybody in, in the whole area wants to go to Mr. Freeze, and it's really hard for me personally to wait that long in line for ice cream. <laughs> and I would feel pretty bad if I was the, the business across the street and I look out the window. I have no customers. You look out the window and see a 45-minute wait across the street. I think it's important to take stock of what the expectations are among your customers and in your market. I would like to pray. I would think it's really funny when stuff that companies, you know, like porta companies will come and put a porta potty up at your uh, place or clean out your septic system, and they'll joke about we're the we're the number one company in the number two business. I don't like oh, crap, yeah. But you know, we the last few years I have lived out in the country, and our house is on a septic system. So you every every three years or so you have to get it cleaned out. And when we shortly after we moved to the the area, it had to be cleaned out for the first time, and so I asked around to get referrals, and someone said, oh, you got to use Ash. So I, okay, I called them up. Now, I don't know about you, but I had, stuff to come at, I had a, a pretty low expectation. Number one, it's a service business, and service, you just assume that, you know, they may show up when they say they're going to, but probably not. You're going to be chasing them for weeks to get them to come out and so forth, and they're going to be scuzzy. But any service business, but especially, you know, the septic business. I just didn't. But it, he came exactly when he said he was going to be there. He was extremely chipper and cheerful. You, you would have thought that cleaning septic tanks is the most fun, engaging occupation you could do. He I, he knew exactly where to go. I wasn't even sure. Where, where, where do I need to tell him to go? Look, he just, he has this radar on. I'm sure it's going to be right There it is. And cleaned it out. It was quick, easy, and reasonably priced. 
And I'm not the only one that thought that was remarkable because I went online and sure enough, lots of people were saying, this guy is great. And, and all those same things that I thought were, were worth remarking about. So it's simply identifying the expectation and then beating that expectation. Well, I certainly enjoyed that, that talk about the septic tank, Jess. Why don't we clean this up a little bit, or shall I say recap uh, on this whole topic of, of the true fan? big idea is recognize that people matter most. It's more important than your product or service. People. And in other words, we're talking about relationship quality. The quality of the relationships is more important than the quantity of relationships. But to build true fans, you want to uh, start with building long-term personal relationships. Two, build community. And three, be remarkable. And uh, let me close this up by just saying that not long after the Engaging Leader podcast launched, I had looked at the statistics on this show and saw that at that point we had hit 300 listeners that week. And I happened to be happened to mention that to our podcasting advisor, who is Cliff Ravenscraft, who is known as the Podcast Answer Man. And I said something like, well, hopefully that will keep going up as, as a sign that we're doing the right thing. And he stopped me. In other words, I was saying, I hope we get more listeners. And he stopped me and he said, okay, before you, why don't you not worry about how many listeners that you have, but worry about the relationships that you have with those listeners. Because one of the disadvantages of the podcast is you don't, you don't have any clue who they are unless they choose to engage with you. And he said, why don't you start finding out as much as you can about as many of those people as possible. And he challenged me, he said, try to find, I want you to try to find out their first name, their last name, and one other personal thing about them, especially something you would have in common. So if you were to run into them, there'd be something you, you could talk about. And figure out how you serve those people and serve them generously. And so that was very early on, and that's kind of been our mentality the whole, the whole way. And one of the ways that we serve those people is we share things that we're reading that we think would be valuable to those people. So we're taking some of our time, which is valuable, and learning and then investing some extra time and sharing that with others. And I just, in the last few days, got a really nice email from one of our listeners, and he said, Jesse, I've been meaning to say thank you for the items you share. I really find them interesting and beneficial. This morning I downloaded the annual planning calendar, which is something I had just shared, and plan to do this as well. Again, thanks. At 51 years of age, I have learned well the lesson that one cannot know everything. What is more important are resources and knowing those who do know, like you. 